You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Podcast. This is episode number 157 of East Central Indiana's favorite podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I'm joined by producer Chris Guffey, co-host or intern Mason Roddinghouse, nobody remembers anymore, and my forever co-host, Mr. Dakota Davis. Today's episode features uh, the four of us. We will be talking about uh, the coronavirus, of course. What else is there to talk about in this day and age? We That's are- our will. We are broadcasting from Zoom, so if the audio quality isn't great, that is why, but we're still trying to push out entertaining content for you guys. We will be uh, mainly focusing on uh, the coronavirus locally today. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, a big news story that came out about a man who was charged with violating uh, the stay-at-home order in Newcastle, Indiana. Uh, we will also be talking about uh, the potential for golf courses to be closing in, uh, in uh, Henry County as well. And then uh, as we get down to it, uh, earlier this week, we posted um, Google results for uh, the information they had on travel. Uh, Google is tracking your phone, surprise, surprise. And uh, they are comparing that data to uh, before the coronavirus to see if you are trying to flatten the curve. All of those things are to come. So uh, make sure you stick around to the very end and uh, we will uh, we'll be entertaining if we don't sound good. <laughs> We're doing the best we can, guys. It's uh, there's various uh, pieces of equipment out there, and we're we're making it work as best we can. Uh, this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you, other times we'll make you laugh, but hopefully you'll always learn something new. I will say that even if the live stream audio isn't the best, after we run it through the audio processor on the back end, it does take out a lot of the hissing and cracks and pops. So um, if you can't make it through the Zoom live feed on Facebook or the I really encourage you to go check it out either on the, the replay that gets on to uh, YouTube later or just jump in iTunes and the, and the copy that's there is the best version you're going to find. So uh, pick one of those and you'll be, you'll be in really good shape. So we did just finish recording a, a Patreon portion. The show is, uh, is, per, is um, it exists because of the, the donors that there's about 35, it's, 40 people that, uh, that, that make this like show PBS. happen. We're like PBS brought to you by viewers like you. And of course, if you want to donate, just like with PBS, then you can donate and you can uh, you can contribute monthly at patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty. There are different levels for each tier. The tiers start at $5 a month and we appreciate everybody at every level. But if you are $50 a month or more, then we promise to give you a shout out each and every episode. Those folks are Chris Lamb, Craig DaCosta, Christy Avery, and of course, Jonathan Phillips. We also have our T-chip stores. The T-chip stores are still online. So you can uh, go spend your Trump bucks on the on some sweet merchandise from us. Uh, some really sweet, sweet merchandise. Uh, I think that uh, Jeremiah and I have the have a, a long sleeve uh, t-shirt and then a sweatshirt. And the sweatshirts are amazing. Um, they're they're really great. But uh, we're about to get into t-shirt weather. So there's uh, of course all kinds of t-shirts on tchip.com. Um, search for Boss Hog of Liberty or tchip.com slash bho one two or 3 That's where you can find those. And uh, we appreciate everyone who contributes to the show and keeps it keeps us moving. It's uh, it's t-shirt weather sometimes, and it's also hoodie weather. I, we got a text today saying that there's a freeze warning. I think the Henry County government sent me that text too. So the, uh, the all-knowing, all-powerful local government sent me a text letting me know that it might freeze tonight. Um, they're covering it all. They've got all of your needs met, Dakota. Don't you worry. That's right. Daddy government well, has you, know, you covered. They don't they don't have my needs met if I need a haircut, which so I that's, do. That's it, if you're watching the uh, the live stream, I have my three week protest beard going. And I know I, I know Donnie Moral cousin Donnie down in Florida is uh, in this. 
is is watching and he said the coda's beard looks magical but damn it i guess uh, first of all my my eyes look magical but I, i'm pretty proud of this three-week beard my wife's not so happy about it but i'm i'm feeling good i have not shaved my neck for two weeks <laughs> it's so bad well i'm planning on using uh dakota's gift card to mvp that his mother-in-law got for him uh when when clay comes back on the show to do my full hot face shave Yo. live on the air I I I still need that gift card, sir. I don't know what for. No. And then this is just like this is getting out of control too. Thankfully, uh, the comb over, the Gene Katie comb over, is working, and you can't even see my bald spot in the back anymore. So that feel better about that. <laughs> there you go. So just keep growing your hair out. Speaking about closings, though, we got some news this week, and uh, this is a brand new thing that's happening, and. Something about golf courses. So Mason's favorite hobby is going to be taken away from him because of the coronavirus. Mason, you've played about every other day since this uh, since this thing started. When you found out the golf courses were still allowed, every every opportunity I've really taken advantage of it, and I think everyone over the age of fifty five in the county is also so. So the so the <laughs> the people most at risk are the ones that you're seeing out there at the golf course. Is that what you're telling us? Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a lot. I mean, you got to walk, but I need it. And all the old men walk anyways. So it's not, it doesn't change anything for them. I mean, they, they play the regular 18 holes every morning. Yeah, but are they still uh, playing in groups? <laughs> you even if you're before all this in golf, you're not like, unless you're in a cart, you're not, you're not on top of each other. other. Yeah. You still have you're, the six foot distance. Yeah. You're not on top of each other. Yeah. yeah. You, most likely you saw that six foot distance, but then there's a certain individual course in the County that refuses to do what's been set forth. And so, so the reports that I've heard from the golfing community, we'll name names cause it's fun. Um, there's a, the Royal Highlands course allegedly has not been uh, turning their carts off and they've been letting people take them out. Yeah. So I have seen on multiple Snapchats, people at Royal Highlands on, on the uh, carts, but Hancock County theirs is carts are still able to be used. They get cleaned after everyone gets off of them. Um, the you everyone has their own carts it's first come first serve and the only time you can have somebody else in the cart with you is if they're immediate family dude that makes a lot of sense to me i was thinking about this issue as we got to uh talking about it pre-show and uh it it's like it's really not that different like they can put the same policies forward that they do with shopping carts at Kroger or Walmart. There's a guy there whenever the carts come in and he disinfects the whole thing. And, you know, just like always with grocery shopping, you have your own cart. Why can't you do that at a golf course as well? Why do we have to immediately jump to the decision to just close it down? shut it down. It's just like the problem with the, the chickens in the city of Newcastle, where they said that they had problems with people not taking proper care of their chickens. But so they just go ahead and decide to ban them. Well, why don't you just try to do something to try to fix the folks that yep. were doing it wrong instead of just ruining it for everyone. So there was a conference call. Taking earlier. One of the things that we can actually do. Earlier this week, there was a conference call from the health department that basically said, hey, it's been abused and it hasn't worked out and, and they have to get rid of it. And I will note, say that, what is it, March 23rd or so, the county commissioners passed, passed their ordinance that really locked down a lot of the businesses. That's what, that's what shut down the barbers and the beauticians and the tattoo shops and many of the small businesses in the community um, that were deemed to be non-essential uh, but golf courses were carved out. Golf courses, parks, uh, those sorts of things were, were still allowed to operate. And we've seen the lockdown this week uh, where uh, city parks, the mayor last Saturday or Sunday ordered the city of Newcastle to close its parks down. Um, you can still walk around the exterior of Baker Park, which is the big central park in town. But the um, the skate park was uh, was was stopped and any activities – 
actually inside of the inside of the city parks are also all off, off limits now. Yeah, there's uh, well, so there's there's other parks that yeah, city parks are on lockdown. Um, the Westwood Park here in Henry County, which is uh, um, a lot of people think that that is a state park. It's actually a privately owned park, but uh, their board said that due to um, observations from the ranger station there of people not observing the social distancing rules that that private park had set forward their board went ahead and decided to close the park until further notice. So that park is gone as well, which is a real shame because it's super close to my house. Um, I kayak a lot. I like to walk trails a lot and um, it's a, it's a really good park. They really do a good job of keeping it clean. But uh, you know, that's it, just like I was saying before, a small group of people had to ruin it for everyone else who wanted to responsibly uh, go and enjoy the facilities. It's uh, it's interesting the that the locals are closing down parks because the state parks have been open, uh, and in fact the DNR has has waived gate fees and tried to encourage people to come out and take take activities. We got a chat question from Donnie Morrill earlier asking about what kind of lockdown we have, and we've seen we've seen reports from people that are in boats getting pulled over, arrested, and folks walking on beaches that were all alone being in, you know getting in trouble in California. Uh, the policy from the state of Indiana has been go get outside, go to a park, maintain your social distances, stay at least six feet away from other folks, but and be in groups of less than 10 and you're, you're ticking the boxes of what's allowed. Uh, in our, my household, we've, that's what we've been trying to do. We spent the last four weekends in DNR campgrounds. We took the camper out and went to uh, four different DNR properties over the last month on the weekends. Um, I will say last weekend, uh, Star of Hollow uh, SRA, State Recreation Area down in Jackson County, it was probably at 80 to 90% capacity. And then that was on Sunday we left. On Monday, the governor announced that they were shutting down campgrounds. Um, and I would say that that's probably uh, one of the reasons why is that they, they started to fill up. The first couple weeks, we didn't have the greatest weather. And now we've really, really gotten, um, we've gotten some nicer weather and, and more people are flocking outside. The problem yeah. I see with that is, is just like with Walmart, as soon as you start restricting the amount of hours you can go to a store, you st it starts to look like Black Friday outside and the crowds get bigger because the few exceptions that you have, more and more people are going to turn up at those locations. And it's not, uh, that's not working. Restricting stuff just creates bigger crowds. Well, in, yeah, in select areas, if you keep more things open, especially these outdoor rec recreation places, then there's, then there's, People are going to go outside regardless. People, I mean, no one in spring in Indiana after we've been hauled up inside for basically the majority of the winter, when we finally start having these really nice days, the weather's getting warmer, the sun is out. Um, it looks like Cage trying to join the meeting, but no one is going to, no one is going to just stay in inside their home whenever it's a beautiful and 72 degrees outside. You, you want to go out and you're going to go outside. And if all the state parks and all these private parks are closing and maybe there's only a couple of private parks that are still open, everyone is going to flock to those areas. It's, I mean, it's just common sense. It's not like it takes a lot of effort to think of that. I don't, I don't, I don't understand the, the closing of all these areas for, for camping in places. So I, I, watching the chat, it's, there's a report that New York State is going to close their golf courses as well. I'll give a shout out to the state of New York and the way they've handled their campgrounds. New York is the epicenter for, for deaths and infections and the problems that are happening right now. Uh, and they've actually, they've actually not closed their campgrounds long term. Uh, they're supposed to open for the season May 1st. And basically what they said is, is we're going to try to open. We're going to review things as um, – as conditions continue, uh, we're not going to accept any new reservations, but if it's safe to open a park come May 1st, we're going to open the parks. And if you have a reservation, we're going to honor it. So that what that's going to do is it's going to keep the crowding down because people aren't going to come, come in immediately. You, you know, if, if it's only booked to 30%, then the people that have reservations are good, but you're not going to see it pack up in the last three or four days. Uh, which I think is a pretty reasonable solution where people that were playing and being out would be out and, and be safe. 
Um, yeah, that sounds when you, smarter than what we are doing. When you here, completely prohibit something, it's not good. And it, I, as a populist, that's gone through this. You know, we're basically at four weeks now of these lockdowns of various various scales. We've been in a heavy lockdown in our county for uh, for about two weeks, but people were really doing the social distancing thing here about four weeks now. Um, I don't know how long. I don't know how long folks are going to do it and re and respond well. Right. And yeah, nice. it's, you know, and I, I might be criticizing some things here, but I'm going to make it pretty clear that I am, I'm taking the virus pretty seriously. That's, I mean, that's why we're doing the zoom meetings with a, uh, with a, you know, a newborn baby at home, a six week, Wait, you had a kid six week old. Yeah. <laughs> There, the immune system there at six weeks isn't isn't quite what it is typically around uh, two to three weeks, and or two to three weeks, two to three months, um, and uh, we're trying everything that we can with him, keeping you know only close family members, immediate family members coming over to the house, um, and if they come over to the house, and we make sure that you know they keep their faces away from his face, um, they're washing their hands before they hold him. Um, so we're taking it seriously, but I think that some of these measures that are being taken across the state, some of the closures and the bans and things might actually have a worse yeah, a, uh, backwards effect, um, with, uh, with the things that like we were talking about the campgrounds and things that, uh, are being closed, shut down, but people are still going to go outside. And if do there's it. nothing for them to do outside, maybe they just want to get out and they just find themselves at Walmart. And now we have more people at Walmart than we would have had before. I, I just, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. We'll do a little reset here. It's Jeremiah Morrill, Dakota Davis, uh, Chris Guffey, Mason Roddinghouse, and the armed farmer, Cade Coger has joined the chat. He's in the planter, it looks like, out in the field if you watch the, oh, uh, watch the I'm replay. The, I'm in the anhydrous bar. Oh, you're spreading meth bombs. Yeah, I'm making math. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the one promising statistic that I've seen uh, today was from the, the Institute of Met uh, Health Metrics and Evaluation from the University of Washington. And this is a, an article that, that, that came through NPR today, and they had state-by-state -state demographics. And for the state of Indiana, they're saying that the – this is dark – but the peak death date for our state – is expected to be next week. April 16th is the date, so we're about a week away from that. Um, and by the by, the fourth week of April, it's expected to, to be nearly to zero, uh, by the way I read this. So the peak death uh, number is supposed to be 45 on April 16th, a week from now, uh, and they're projecting about 857 deaths as it sits right now in Indiana. Uh, but they're not projecting any bed shortages. So that's the nice thing is they're the – it looks like the medical capacity in the state of Indiana with the path they're on is actually going to work out so that we're not going to run out of beds. Uh, New York state, their peak was predicted to be today. Uh, and it was supposed to be 780. Um, they're projecting to be short 9,600 beds. Um, so that's not, that's not great. But once again, they're, they're supposed to drop down to nearly zero by the third or fourth week of April. Uh, and then our neighbors over in Ohio are, um, they're projecting 489 deaths and their peak is supposed to be the, the 12th of April. So if you look around roughly a week and the worst of this, as far as that data goes, it looks like we're going to be behind us. So maybe by the time we get to May, early May, we might be starting to look at something, something a little better. Yeah. It's uh, you know, that's the hope anyway. Um, so Chris just bailed on us. Oh, well. Um, but the hope is that uh, once we get to the peak, that uh, it actually does start coming down. And there's a whole lot of people who are smarter than me that are looking at this and making these predictions, which is a great thing. So I, I feel like I don't really have anything to comment on, you know, whether or not or when we will be back to normal or, uh, if I, I mean, the more I think about it, the more that question becomes an if for me, I think that a lot of, a lot of things are going to be changing in the, in the future, especially with the ways that we interact with people. Um, you know, it, shaking people's hands. I had some, some friends that their TV got hit in the lightning storm 
and uh, they came and picked uh, picked one up that I had at the house, and uh, you know it was I left it out on the porch, and they came and picked it up, and we texted each other and said, you know, thank you, you're welcome, and that was it. Best friends uh, I've ever had. I barely ever even see them. Yeah, and you know, it's uh, it's just weird. I I I think that this is going to make a lot of people think about the ways that we interact, like shaking, shaking hands with folks that you don't know, um, weird things like that. I mean, keeping hand sanitizer in your car and especially being prepared for this type of situation. Again, keeping, I'm going to move strictly to the finger guns. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I like that idea. I I don't know. There've been pandemics before in 1918. They went through this as well. It didn't change life forever. There's still, there's still going to be crowds The Lucas oil stadium is still going to be full for football games, guys. It, this is a short-term thing, and eventually we're going to have herd immunity. You get this once, and, and you're not going to get it again, is the, the story I'm being told. They did just cancel uh, UFC 249 as well. Yeah, that was supposed to be a mid-April date, correct? Yeah, April, April 18th. Yep. Which uh, executives, Disney executives made them cancel it. So April Barracks wants to know if I have a uh, – a beer in my hand. And of course I do. That's a, that is boss hog tradition that we drink on the show. I've got the, uh, the quaff on uh, strawberry blonde from down in uh, Brown County, Indiana. Uh, Dakota's got something as well. I have a, a bullet bourbon frontier whiskey. I was, I was able to go into the liquor store in Brownstown, Indiana on Saturday and pick this up. Governor Holcomb on Monday apparently didn't like that I went into the liquor store because now and his uh, his latest executive order uh, is that you have to uh, you have to do carryout, so you have to call them up or go through a drive-through line. There's no more browsing the browsing the liquor store cabinets. You can't find something new or pick something new. You got to say, "I want this." They go get that item. They bring it out. That's the uh, that's the new existence. Yeah, I, I went uh, um, early early this actually no it was the other night whenever i was out uh working and it was the wee hours of the morning and i needed some breakfast so i and i also needed fuel so i went into the uh the truck stop at ninth town and was planning on getting um uh, some one of their breakfast burritos that they have there and their whole coffee area and the area where they sell hot food, it was an order basis. So you had to walk up to a little makeshift counter and place your order. And the worker behind the counter grabbed your coffee and your breakfast burrito, took it to the checkup out counter, and then you purchased it. So, I mean, there was no contact. There's no way that I could contact other things in the hot food area. Um, I couldn't, you know, manhandle the lids for other coffees and things. So, uh, I, I, that was interesting to see. Um, I don't think that that is required by them. That was just something that they decided that they were going to do to try to mitigate this situation. Our friend Stephen Vitterto had said that he was going to be very concerned when roller dogs at the Speedway went away. And that's what happened. Uh, well, you know, by the, by the way, happy birthday to Steven. I understand he is 32 today. So congratulations. That's right. Um, the, scary thing, the scary thing, the scary thing for Steven is that there hadn't been a death under the age of 30, but since he's 32, like 4% <laughs> of the deaths of people in Indiana have been people under that age. Hey, uh, I think Cade's got to go plant some more meth. So he's, uh, he's dropped off. It's down to the three of us. Mason, you've got to carry your weight. It's the um, I'm thinking about that apple crisp. Libby's making wee feet from me. <laughs> I'm told the, there's uh, apple crisp in the oven at my house too. So uh, I'm one sure. of the one of the other things that I wanted to bring up here. Um, oh well, back to Stephen really quick. The guys like me, uh, whenever whenever we are out in the middle of the night, we rely on those roller dogs from Speedway. That is A plus nutrition to keep the fuel tank running. It's that or the two AM uh two AM <laughs> tacos at the Taco Bell. Yeah, and you know, never make the mistake of going to White Castle if you're out in the middle of the night because then you won't be able to sleep uh whenever you get back home. 
because then it, it, it usually will hit your gut like right as soon as you try to start falling asleep. We need to publicly thank Dakota, by the way. He's uh, he's one of the silent heroes that got our power back on. There was in central Indiana. There was a massive storm that came through, and uh, Dakota, you you yourself personally turned my power back on about one fifteen in the morning. So uh, I thank you. I thank well, you for a, keeping all of my LNK frozen beef frozen. There's a uh, there's a lot of folks that are still without power. Um, a lot of Newcastle was without power for um, about fourteen hours today. And, uh, there was uh, one gentleman who, who saw me where I was parked and decided that it was a good idea to come and yell at me that the things in his refrigerator were spoiled. <laughs> well, stop opening the damn door. You're probably okay for 12 hours. If you keep the door shut. If you don't yeah, keep right. opening the door up and saying, Oh my God, my stuff's spoiling. You'll probably be okay. But if you, if you look yeah. at it every 10 minutes and go, Oh my God, it's getting warmer. Then you're going to have a problem. Checking the temperature. Yeah. <laughs> Stop putting the temper the thermometer in it. You know, at, at the the guys that are out, um, you know, the big heroes are the linemen, and those guys are are trying their hardest. They work extremely hard and as fast as they possibly can. Um, but it's also an extremely dangerous job. Um, there's a lot of hazards that uh, you know, unfortunately they can't be mitigated because some of the, the things that we're working with might not be um, great. There's a lot of unknowns in these situations. So um, that, and that's what they're constantly thinking about. And uh, they don't need a member of the public to come up screaming at them about spoiled food whenever that stuff is going through their mind as well. So that's my little PSA today. You know, it, it, it's funny that my industry, the construction industry is also considered to be essential and they're going and there's a picture in the, um, in the courier this week of, of some windows getting replaced in the, uh, in the post office. And there's two guys on one boom truck together, definitely not six feet apart. Yeah, some of these, some of these <laughs> trades that are deemed to be essential, they're not able to do that social distancing. They're replacing about a four foot wide by eight foot tall window and one dude's not going to be able to lift it up. So I don't know. I don't know how some of this stuff's going to work out, man. It's, I uh, was uh, I was on a construction site um, earlier uh, in the week, and the construction workers there had all had, had on uh, homemade cloth surgical type masks. So that was that was interesting to see. A couple of the guys even had on their their like grinding face shields. It seemed permanently uh, to keep other debris i guess bodily fluids from hitting their face all right so in newcastle henry county here we've had our very first arrest somebody has been charged prosecutor joe we met him he's been on the show friend of the show prosecutor joe has charged cody hill 21 years old of henry county uh for violating a the stay-at-home directive it's in the the star press the uh, the muncie newspaper uh, he was joyriding in, once again, Mason, in his Mercury Cougar, uh, rawr, big cat, rawr. over on, uh, on, Cougar, on Cougar Street, on Columbus Street uh, here in Newcastle. So we have had our first person charged. Uh, it was a Mercury Cougar that, by the way, he paid $15 for, according to the, the Star Press article. So um, he admitted to that. Hopefully he didn't put $1 they, on they the, really hit the you hard. form. Yeah, he's going to have like... 48 cents in taxes due on that, on that car. Um, the guy's also got like five other charges uh, against him. So it's kind of a tack well, on charge, a, but it made the news. Stolen vehicle charge. The worst time to steal a vehicle <laughs> is whenever you are the only person on the road. That's not a good look. Yeah, so it's a it's a it's a misdemeanor with 180 days in jail potentially, but the the auto theft is a level six felony with 30 months in prison. So I don't I don't know. It seems like it seems like one of those charges they tossed on so that it would make the news and we'd talk about it. Uh, but maybe maybe and it's here prob- we are maybe it doesn't really matter. For, and here we are. We took the bait. Joe's trap. We stepped right into Joe's trap. Just he got us again. Man, he got us again. Oh boy. I don't know. It's I I've said it from the beginning. I, I feel like 
if we're going to do this thing, then let's do it and let's all stay home for two weeks and let's be serious about it. But I don't think it's possible to shut down the economy enough. It's only if they pay me though. My game paid. It's not going to work don't because we still want electricity. So when this thing happens, who's, Dakota's got to go out. Why, why do they need to pay you if you're not doing anything for them, Mason? A company is there to make a profit. How are you producing, you just a, You were just a drain on the system if you aren't producing. I am producing. A, I produce shades. Not I if you're not working. World. If you are not doing anything, why, do they, why should they be, pay you? Why are you entitled to their money if you are I'm not, not? I'm not saying they should pay me if I'm not working. I'm saying. Uh, so the government. I got to be out. Yeah, your favorite I, I, uncle. Uncle yeah, Sam. Uncle Gov. Uncle Sam, Gov? That's where. Uncle, uncle Gov. Gov. Yeah. yeah. It is. You, you should, see, uh, is that? I mean, I'm not getting a stimulus check. You're getting a stimulus check. Jeremiah is getting a stimulus check. What about me? That's because you're still a dependent to someone Don't else. Care. You're a dependent with a truck and soon Some, to be a camper, but you're a dependent. Someone else is and paying for you. And they don't get it either. They don't get my part of the stimulus either. I'd be Donnie, okay. Donnie's watching down Florida and he's noting that, uh, that he's, he's in a house full of essential employees. And you've seen, there were five people on the show at the peak here tonight. Every one of us work in, in an industry that's considered essential, especially here in, in rural Indiana. If I had to put a number on it, I would say 70 to 75% of people are still essential. They're either in agriculture, which is essential. They're in construction, which is essential. They're in utilities. They're in manufacturing, which almost all of the manufacturing has, has considered themselves to, to be essential in one way or another. Uh, there are people that are in, in retail, in grocery, um, big box retail, not just straight up retail. Um, but our friends at, uh, our friends at underdogs tattoo parlor, they are not essential. The thing about it is, is that any job is essential for the person that holds that job and relies on it for an income. It's a pretty arbitrary list. It's, you can't tell me that you are less likely to catch the coronavirus working on a factory floor next to people all day long than you are going into a sanitized tattoo parlor that has seven other people in it. Same with a barbershop. That's, I mean, did you see, did you see the news out of, uh, out of Chicago that the, uh, that the mayor of Chicago got a haircut? Yeah. She said that, uh, it, she had to get a haircut because she is the face of the city. She is more important than all you low lives that are, aren't on TV. But she said she made the person wear a mask, so it's yeah. fine. There's, she there's said this she thing, was practicing what she preached. There's this thing in, in, in Illinois going on because there's also Alton, Illinois, which is across the uh, Mississippi River down in the St. Louis area. Um, Mayor Brent Walker uh, had, a, had a house party or a bar party raided, and his wife was in the bar. His own wife got arrested, and he instructed the uh, the city cops to uh, to say she's like anybody else. You need to treat her like everybody else. But uh, it was yeah. Hiram's or Hiram's Tavern in downtown Alton, Illinois. He ordered all the bars closed, and uh, forty eight hours later, his own wife was in a bar violating the statewide order. Um, That's hilarious! Incredible! Incredible! It's a misdemeanor. Apparently, so these we're getting to hear about what the potential uh, jail time is for all of these. If you get caught in a bar right now in Illinois, up to 364 days in jail and or a $2,500 fine for everybody there. Uh, the mayor said he's uh, very embarrassed by his wife's actions. And he apologizes to the cities, the uh, citizens of his town. So it's, uh, and, it's he made, and he so, made the Boss Hog podcast. So congratulations. Yeah, that's right. Um, so if you are a Patreon member, you get access to show notes. Um, I'm going to go out of order with the show notes here really quick and talk about uh, the Google COVID-19 mobility reports. Uh, if you follow the Facebook page, then you saw earlier this week, I shared uh, some screenshots of uh, the state of Indiana as a whole and Henry County as a whole, uh, the mobility reports from Google. Um, so those of you that don't know, Google has decided to use their location services, um, which they've always used. They've always had that. 
and they are going they are comparing the data now to prior to um, the start of the coronavirus in these areas, and uh, just to see you know like how how the uh, the government's orders of social distancing, stay at home orders, and those type things to see if they're really working, if people are actually paying attention to them. Um, I thought it was really interesting. Um, I I do think that there's a broader conversation that could be had about this uh, about this entire thing of concerning privacy. But uh, before we get into that, um, it's it's funny we give away this data and it's not supposed to be used for anything, and then it makes the news media, and the next thing you know, your local lawmakers or your local ordinance makers, local policymakers are using that data that's not really individual, but they're saying, oh, you know what, you guys didn't listen to us, so we're going to change. We're going to change yeah. public policy based upon anecdotal evidence that Google pulled. So, but uh, um, really quick, um, I, I want to I want to ask like, how much is enough? How, like, how far down does it have to go um, before they go? I think that what we've done is good, and what we've done is enough because retail and recreation was down uh, 48%. So by almost uh, half of the amount of people that were going out, going shopping, doing stuff, it says that uh, that's places like restaurants, cafes, shopping centers, theme parks, museums, libraries, and movie theaters. So the data still says that people are going to those places, but those restaurants are still set for carryout. So how good is that data? If you're still going to Arby's, but you're not going in the restaurant, but you're going through the drive-through line, the data is still going to show that you showed up at that location. So how good is that information, right? I still have a contact with a stranger. I'm carrying two cell phones on me. So if I go to a state park last weekend, the weekend before, four weeks in a row, I went to a state park. I carried two cell phones. My wife went with me. She had a cell phone. We were doing something that was very consistent with the governor's order, going to a park, following the social distancing requirements or expectations that the state set. Well, then, that that data, uh, then that data gets pulled and they say, wait, 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 you guys aren't fault. You're not staying home enough. And it's not a stay-at-home order. It's a social distancing order. You're still saying that travel is acceptable to go on hikes, to go on walks, to go camping as of last Monday. So the data is going to show that we left the house, but we're completely within the bounds of what's okay with the parks, what's okay with the government. One one part that was interesting about this is for the state of Indiana as a whole, the amount of people that went to parks went up by 24%. So that was, they included, uh, yeah. So I don't, I don't, you know, if I'm a public official and I'm making policy, I'm going, look, we've decreased the amount that people are going out and they're going shopping because even going to, uh, to pharmacies and to grocery stores is down by 25%. So I'm going, look, there's way less people that are going out and going shopping or going to restaurants or even going and getting groceries. And now um, people are going and spending their time outdoors and enjoying outdoor places. And hopefully in those places, they are also following the social distancing guidelines that are set forth by the CDC. So I look at that. I think that's a good thing that people are going, uh, going shopping less, but are spending more time outside and going to parks and enjoying the, the public areas that, that uh, we have in the state of Indiana that are quite beautiful this time of year. Have you made um, it out, Dakota, or have you been, I mean, you've been work, grocery store, home, that's it. Have you made it out into any parks? No, no, I, I haven't. Um, I haven't at all. Um, yeah, work, I, I, I've been quite busy <laughs> otherwise. But, you know, I uh, most of my job is spent outside, and uh, you know, that's one of the things I love the most about, about my career is I spend a lot of my time outside. So it's... That's fine. I, of course, would love to go to uh, to more um, state parks, um, like the places that we we frequent in Brookville. Um, of course, I I always went to Westwood. I bought I always buy a pass every year to go to Westwood Park. But as we talked about earlier, that place is closed now. Um, and you know who knows if I'll be able to buy a pass this year because I'm not going to buy a pass if it's just going to be open in August or something. So, so is your, um, 
is your 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 summer home in in a uh, with a park model uh, community? Is that closed? Did the did the no the it's place not. still open, or it's not considered to be a campground? So, so they're fine. It's it's not considered to be a campground. Every lot owner in there owns the, the property that they buy. So you purchase the property, and that is your private property inside of that park. And the park so, operates just like an HOA. It's just would. like yeah, okay. So it's just like it's just like having a small community. They're not going to throw people out of there because it's not a campground. Correct. Now the board, the board of the of the park of the campground, um, has sent out some guidelines asking folks to to uh, keep uh, to limit the amount of visitors that they bring in. So uh, uh, visitors are kind of off the table as of right now for uh, for a lot of people. Right. And one big giant fundraiser that our park has is we do uh, poker runs with golf carts. So, uh, and hundreds and hundreds of people come at from uh, the tri-state area of Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio. And they bring all their friends. They bring all their family families. It's a giant party. But it's also a fundraiser because you're buying tickets that are $10 a piece. Um, obviously the one that is scheduled for Memorial day every year has been canceled, uh, which is a lot of money that the park is losing. And the next one would be in July and we're supposed to be coming out of it in July, but I don't know that it would be, you would have to do like a cost benefit analysis. Um, is it worth the risk of creating a spike in, uh, in the areas that the people would go back home to just to have this fundraiser. Um, even if we're on the, on the, the uh, downturn of this virus, probably not. So that's, uh, that's another thing that's being impacted greatly from the coronavirus. I'll tell you what, the, uh, the silver lining is if we do get through this thing by, uh, by August or September, we're, uh, by August, September, by, by May or June, uh, August, September, October, November is going to be packed full of activities and things that got rescheduled. It's going to be an absolutely incredible fall busy with God yeah, knows it, what's happening. It's, it is going to be crazy. So, um, I have the, I have, uh, the numbers for Henry County in front of me. And I just want to point out, you said that uh, you were throwing out some numbers of 75% or so of essential employees in Henry County. And the Google numbers actually kind of line up with what your numbers said. Um, They're saying that 31% less people are going to work every day in Henry County. So, um, you know, that's not a lot, but it is kind of in line with the national or with the state average of, uh, of folks that go to work every day. Of course, it's going to be a lot higher in more urban areas where people have a lot of office jobs. Um, they're not doing a lot of uh, rural work and and manufacturing jobs, I guess, like they are here and right. most of the state. Let's sit off of the coronavirus for a little while. Let's talk about what we've really been thinking about lately. Yes. First of all, my new Facebook friend is is uh, Josh Dial. So the uh, you know campaign manager to Joe Exotic. We're, we're bros now. If you, uh, if you watch my page, he, he shared the way to get in touch with, uh, with old Joe in jail. Uh, and I, I shared that. So if y'all want to send him an email, go to my Facebook page and you can, you can see that. But uh, it made it all the way to a presidential press conference, Dakota. A reporter had the stones to ask POTUS if, uh, if he was interested in pardoning Joe Exotic. And he said he's going to look into it. Yeah, that's right. He so the the reporter actually said that uh, mentioned one of Trump's sons was <laughs> saying it, and, and he, he guessed. He said Trump, it's got to be it's got to be is it Donald? It's got to be Donald. He's yeah. the one that had this had to be talking about it. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, that was hilarious. Um, it's so strange. the The strangest part about that to me is that. I don't know how often people watch press conferences, um, especially with the White House. They get great um, ratings. Five o'clock every day. I, I watch them a ton because Trump is hilarious to me. He's a great entertainer. I love watching him on, on uh, TV, especially when he's interacting with the media. Um, and those reporters, they, they get one question. One question. That's it. There are like... There's like a hundred thousand people 
that are sick with a deadly pandemic across the United States. Thousands of people are dying. And this one reporter wants to know if Joe Exotic is going to be pardoned from his animal abuse charges. And the reporter gets the charges that Joe Exotic is in jail wrong. He says he's in jail for for, uh, putting a hit out on Carol Baskin. That's not even the charge that stuck. The charge that stuck was all the animal abuse charges. Was was burying burying, uh, cats in the yard. So the reporter's wrong, first of all. And then, and well, well I guess first not, of all, he, the he, fact he, that he even asked about it. Crazy. The, the president did ask his opinion as well. He asked the reporter if he thought he should be pardoned. So well, don't say that he doesn't that listen to people. He asked Whenever if he thought he should, and then he tried to entrap him and say, if you tell me that the guy should be pardoned, the rest of your people over here are going to kick your ass because you're not allowed <laughs> an opinion. Yeah, the uh, well, actually, that, that happens a lot in press conferences with the White House's President Trump. If if he knows that it's going to be it's a if he knows it's a clickbait question, then he is going to ask the reporter what their opinion is, and a lot of times he'll go, "If you're president, if you're on my seat, what 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 would you do? What what would you do if when in this situation?" And that is one of my favorite things that Trump does whenever he's presented with questions like that. Instead of pulling some random BS politically correct answer out of his butt that everyone knows is just stupid, he. He just throws it right back at him. And I think, I personally think it's hilarious. It's, it's a plus entertainment, 10 out of 10 would recommend. All right. Well, we're getting to that point in the show. We probably ought to start to wrap things up here. It's uh people have been with us for almost an hour and man, that's all you want to suffer through us going through a zoom call. Um, so probably ought to start with final thoughts. Mason, you've been quiet. Oh. Have you got some things that have come to mind that you have, you wanted to get off your chest? I'm just worried I'm going to literally freeze my ass off tomorrow. Fishing. If you listen to the Patreon, Mason's fishing. going fishing for the very first time. He's going to social distance with me. He'll be on the front of the, on the back of the boat and I'll be on the front of the boat and we're going to go fishing in one of three locations. The question is, which lake do we go to? We haven't decided. We'll end up somewhere. We're I'll end pull up somewhere. a trailer that I've never pulled before and we'll make it. You're going to learn. You're going to learn. So that's your only concern in life. That's the only worry you have is your own comfort tomorrow. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, this coronavirus stuff, it, it too shall pass as all those basic white females say on Twitter. <laughs> and so you did so have a cryptic tweet. I do want to ask you about Mason. you said you're going to get back to an old lifestyle. And, uh, I, I think you owe an explanation to the, to the public. What, what do you mean by that? I think that's on next week's episode. That's not for now? Are you going to be here next week? No, I don't think you'll be here next week. I won't be here next week. So let's get into it. We'll get, yeah, not right now. <laughs> we'll get, it will be, it's pretty big. It's big. There's an announcement big, coming. So. All right. Yes, there is. Are you pregnant? Last time somebody said this on the show, they were right. And it was me. <laughs> <laughs> and that, a baby has yet to wear the damn onesie I bought it. You got him a six-month onesie. I wanted to make sure he could wear it Six weeks old. He was born at five-month weight. <laughs> he is wearing three-month onesies. Sure he's, well, when they come to six months, it better be the first one on that baby. Probably three months. I'll, I'll put it on him. I'll send it to you. Yeah, um, unfortunately, Jeremiah, you'll find out about this soon enough. Whenever you have a baby... A lot of your family will get like custom made onesies for uh, your baby to wear. You need to have uh, a uh, a photo shoot. You got to go through the whole. Are you thing. calling me? Are you calling well, me family? <laughs> I'm family. Yeah, I'm part of the Boss Hog family. My sister's a Davis. We're we're brothers. <laughs> one uh, one one thing about having a big baby is that uh, a lot of them will buy newborn onesies, and they will not fit from the start. So that's so I was smart. You were smart, Mason. Good job. Thank you. You have been really even smarter if you got one that fit you, Mason, and you wore it. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) He's had straps to the bottom of a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. All right. Dakota, you got some final thoughts for me? Yeah, I have some final thoughts. Uh, So, listen, like three weeks ago, 
my the first episode back back from the paternity leave um we talked about the coronavirus obviously and then i said that trump is touting the drug uh hydroxychloroquine and then i also said that chloroquine is found in a fish tank cleaner well apparently the fish tank cleaner will kill you and i really don't want anyone to drink that because they heard me say it three weeks ago and then i get sued because you have a dead idiot in your family because they decided to drink algae cleaner algae killer so don't do that i wanted to correct myself and then uh you know we are we're producing from Zoom. This is my other final thoughts, I guess, is we're producing from Zoom. We're, we're really trying hard to make sure that we're still pumping out content uh, for you guys to enjoy. Um, but we do want some feedback. Uh, I know we, we definitely want to know how you, how you think that, uh, you know, um, because it's probably going to be a, a couple of weeks before we're back in the studio. If I had to guess, I miss that uh, place and I want to be there as soon as we can. I know it. I, I do too. I, the studio is amazing. Um, and the people at patreoncom slash boss of Liberty pay for it. But, um, for the next couple of episodes, if there's something that is just driving you crazy, whenever you're trying to enjoy this show, um, send me or Jeremiah a message and we will try to get it worked out and, um, make sure that this is a better programming for you to watch while there's no sports on ESPN. Now you say no sports, but iRacing has had a revolution, Dakota. Listen, you heard what Cade said. UFC 249 has been canceled, which I agree with. I think that was a good move by Dana White and the UFC because what's UFC, which is, you know, the really, only real sport that ESPN Ultimate fairy tale tumblers. <laughs> That's UFT. Uh, well, okay, real quick. Other final thoughts. I agree with Dana White canceling UFC 249. This is going to be a hot take. There's going to be a lot of people that disagree with this. But listen, there's no Khabib. There's no Joe Rogan commentating. There's not even going to be the signature... UFC announcer that I am drawing a blank on his name right now. And there's going to be no crowd in the audience and there's going to be limited amounts of coaches that are allowed ringside, which is weird. It would be like watching fighters practice. It wouldn't be like watching an actual title fight. And the fact that, you know, Khabib wasn't going to be there anyway, so it's not even a real title fight. Why would you even have it if you're not doing the, the, the championship? They're not even fighting for a belt. It would just be intermittent. It's dumb. It, it wouldn't be a great fight. It wouldn't be that entertaining. It would be entertaining because it's UFC, but it wouldn't be what we wanted. It wouldn't be worth the $65 that pay-per-view cost. But it's Why something. Why would they do it? It's something. At this point, people are desperate. Well, yeah, that's true. I, I, there I were 400,000 people. 400,000 people watched the iRacing IndyCar race on YouTube and Twitch and the other platforms. Oh, a million people. It. A million people watched the NASCAR race on Fox Sports One and Fox Sports with Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Denny Hamlin. Uh, I watched the iRacing on YouTube just because I wanted to see what it looked like. So this weekend, the uh, in in iRacing news, they're at Michigan for the IndyCar race. It'll be on uh, NBCSN. And Simon Pagano live streamed this afternoon. They did a practice, a qualifying session, and the race. Uh, today and they'll do another one tomorrow at one o'clock on Simon's uh, on Simon's screen, and then they'll have the actual race that they're preparing for on Saturday. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. of NASCAR is uh, is doing it. He was actually competitive. He qualified like sixth today in that uh, in that race, but it was really cool watching the uh, watching Simon's live stream. It was uh, him for it, a camera on him, his engineer. You could chat with his engineer. Uh, and he was reading what was going on, and then he was telling Simon exactly, you know, go high, go low, picking strategy. He was listening to fans for, hey, are you going to pit now or not, or what was the right strategy, what was the right thing to do. And then Simon, if you know, he's French. He sounds exactly like Jean Girard from Ricky Bobby. And he was doing the Jean Girard stick shtick during the, pre- the race. Uh, excellent. Fantastic. Well worth it. 
completely entertaining. So check out the iRacing. Um, it's, it gives you an opportunity to actually see some of these athletes and what they're thinking as, as the events are happening. But and, 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 uh, NBCSN has gone almost full in on it. Every night they've got, uh, they've got something on. Fox Sports 1 does. It's like the one, uh, the one platform you can have some fun with these things. And uh, I, Dinner with Racers, big, big fans of Dinner with Racers around here too. The, the Burcham boys, uh, Jared and Zach, both are, uh, got me into that podcast. They right now have a Thursday night blunder race at Martinsville, which has got three classes of, uh, of sports cars, off-road trucks, and NASCAR super trucks running around the half-mile track at Martinsville. Hilarious stuff. So, so much fun. So, I, <laughs> after watching the iRacing, I really think that there's going to be a whole lot more virtual sports that are headed our way in the future. I think there's going to be some really, really cool things that are coming involving uh, like haptic, haptic feedback suits. Um, it's going to be some pretty cool things um, in, coming our way in, in the future. And I am excited about that because I, I think it's going to be pretty sweet. I know there's a massive hole in the world right now for sports, uh, but watching these races, it has been legitimately fun and entertaining. Uh, the iRacing was super entertaining. Especially when you see the drivers giving their comment and feedback and talking and bitching about everybody else. Uh, because they are not holding back. They are pissed off at each other, and they know each other personally, and they are mad. And when somebody crashes you out, it's uh, it's epic. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, final thing I wanted to wind down with here. Um, how... How do we start to unplug from this uh, from this pandemic? These restrictions, Dakota and Mason. How does this How does this stop? And is it, it, uh, my fear is is that we're going to start to see the numbers drop down, and nobody is going to be brave enough to start lifting these at home restrictions. It's really easy to put them in place, and for governors and mayors and commissioners to uh, to tighten the reins. But who decides that it's okay to start letting you go back to church? who and when decides it's okay to start going back to work to go see customers, to, to start getting into groups. How do we scale back up and how long are we in this? Well, the problem is, well, first of all, I think that we're going to be, I think that we will be restricted for quite a bit longer than what is expected. Um, you know, I, I was reading today, um, about the development of a vaccine, um, of other medications. And it, it seems like the vaccine, um, which the whole model of a vaccine and the reason that it's preached so heavily is because of herd immunity. And that is where everyone around you would be immune to the virus. So you have a less chance of getting it, right? If you are immunocompromised, if you're in you know, an elderly person or someone with cancer or a, a baby that can't have a vaccine, then hopefully the people around you have had the vaccine and they will not transfer it to you. It's the reason that whenever, right before Jackson was born, we had, Audrey and I had our immediate family go get the Tdap vaccine for whooping cough so that they, um, wouldn't spread whooping cough to the baby because whooping cough can be seriously deadly for an infant. Um, so I think that the same thing kind of applies with these respiratory illnesses. And like you were saying before, all the studies seem to suggest that once you get it, you will not get it again and your body will develop antibodies to fight against it just like other viruses. Um, so I, I really think that, uh, you know, something like 80, 85, 90% of the population is going to wind up getting this thing before it is totally gone. And I think that that is, we're either going to get to that point or we are going to develop a, a vaccine um, before it gets to that point. But I think it's going to take a while. But back to your question about how we recover from this thing, it's going to be difficult for governments. Um, because no one wants to be the first. No one wants to be the first people that say your life can go back to normal. And then all of a sudden, their, the name, right? Right, their community all of a sudden has a spike afterwards or something. And even if it's, a, and we know with the media the way it is right now, 
even if you know it goes up by six percent, the media will grab onto it and say that they went too fast. Like, oh my God, look, the number of cases jumped in this county because the restrictions were were lifted. Or even if Trump did something on the national level, you know that they would jump all over that, even if the number of national cases, um, you know, maybe they only went up by a couple hundred cases, which is you know, nothing on in the grand scheme of things. They would jump all over that as well. And that is why people are going to be terrified to lift these restrictions. So I think that our best bet would be to, uh, you know, practice your social distancing, um, keep your hands and your face clean. Um, but you know, don't stop living a normal life. And, you know, all, all three of us that are on that are hosting the show right now, we might be fine, but I have two people that I live with that might not be okay. Um, so that's a, uh, that's a situation that's different. And if you find yourself having symptoms, then stay away from those people. You know, even if it takes distancing yourself in your own home, make sure that you're watching out for those immunocompromised. But ultimately, once you have it, you are not going to spread it again if you follow the proper precautions whenever you do have it, right? Yeah, so, once you recover, you're good. And at that point, you actually become valuable. Once you're on the other side, exactly, you can give plasma, apparently, which is helpful for, for research and possibly for fighting. And I've seen some some pleas out of Ohio for folks looking for plasma for folks that have recovered. Right, so. which is kind of similar to the way that they've developed uh, these cures for HIV by analyzing um, uh, white blood cells and well, the plasma of folks that are HIV positive. They're trying to follow the same approach with the COVID-19 virus. It's just, it's interesting, but I, I think it is going to be around longer. And unfortunately, I don't see it, these restrictions being lifted anytime soon, All which right, is well, why I was upset about Westwood Park. Let's finish up. <laughs> I want to guess. I want a month from each of you real quick, and then we're going to wrap up the show. Mason, what month do you think that we're going to be allowed to go do what the hell we want to do again? May. I think next month. You think May? Dakota? I do. Um, I'm going to say August. I want to say like, May, but I think it's going to be June. Together? I think, I think June I, is I, when we're going to actually be able to get back to life again. But I, I, I wish it was May, think, but I think it's going to be June 1st. I think May is it's going to happen um, about the 20th. Because I've got too much to uh, do. <laughs> you got too many plans. Donnie Morrill's in the chat. Fireman and nurse paramedic saying October. His 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 guess is October. Yeah 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 yeah. We'll see. The summer we were robbed. If it's of. October. I'm just never. I'm never leaving the house again. I might as well just become a hermit and quit my job. Never do anything with my life. It's not going to be October. There's too much stuff to do within the country, and there's it's it can't go that long. My feeling is that my, my fear is that Donnie is my fear is that Donnie is right about the October. The majority of it's going to be over. The pandemic's going to be over. But I feel like the political class that has decided that we're going to put these restrictions in place is going to be too hesitant to remove them out of fear. That's my concern. Uh, do you guys think there will be more Trump checks coming? I don't know. I don't know what to think of that one, honestly. Um, Andrew Yang pressuring him today, to saying that they need to it needs to continue all the way through. If you shut the economy down until October, <laughs> first of all, I'm going to be real fuzzy. Second of all, uh, it, it's going to cause damage that's beyond beyond belief. Because right yeah. now we're taking on debt that's just just phenomenal. If you start getting into the fall, um, good lord, that's when we're going to start seeing the bathtub gin. Then, boys and girls. We're going to have speakeasy, bathtub gin. Everybody's going to be pretending like they're social distancing, but it's not really going to happen. Are you, are you guys, um, what, has this, either one of you guys, has this made you think about being prepared for um, emergencies in the future? This is the emergency. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. This is the emergency. 
I tried emergency once and it was disgusting. Yeah, it's great for hangovers. All right, here's guys. the thing: it could get it could get a lot worse than this. And I mean, little do you know, Dakota. I have a bunker. <laughs> you don't even have your own house. I have a bunker that he tells me about. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much. That's we will see you next you. Thursday night, uh, assuming the pandemic doesn't uh, change that. Thursday night, seven o'clock, and uh, you can check your uh, check your iTunes for the uh, for the very nice, clean audio version of this. Thank you all for your support, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians Network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to WeAreLibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at WeAreLibertarians.com.